0: Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Miss Marvel. Let's be honest, it's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Miss Marvel Episode 1, titled Generation Y, directed by Adil and Bilal. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we all fail our driver's tests and have to figure out our whole future before lunch... Let me introduce you to my cosmic besties who are joining me today. First up, he's my cosmic brother from another universe's mother. He's the dastardly, daring, and deadly deviant Darcy Hudson. I like that intro a lot. <laughs> there you go. It seems like it's you... better every time you introduce me. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till you, I, I, I've got one. Have you been on our Obi-Wan Watch Club yet? Not uh, yet. Oh, I can't Darcy? wait to hear that. When we get you on there, I'm I'm gonna suggest one for Justin to use, and I think it's gonna be really good. So uh, and we also have uh, a wonderful guest joining us yet again who has been on our Obi Wan Watch Club. She's magical, mystical, and marvelous, and a huge fan of Mephisto. She's Meg from Meg and Clara Drive.
1: I am Mephisto. <laughs>
0: You wait. You were Mephisto. Oh, I knew it. Never knew saw it Darcy. coming. Wow, Darcy. I was telling you the entire time that Megan's Mephisto. I, I didn't buy it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't buy it. Very good at hiding it. I I'm do wondering my best. If, if, I think Mephisto is in this first episode. If you look really closely, <laughs> uh, but uh, before we get into the episode itself, I wanted to know what everyone's history is with uh, Miss Marvel. Meg, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I have a very short and brief history with Miss Marvel. The only. Um, I guess, reference I have before watching this show was um, understanding her from the most recent video game. Uh, I You're going to have to help yes. me with the name of that, but the Avengers one.
0: By Square Enix. That was mine as well. That's where I was introduced to her. Yeah,
1: yeah so I understand that she had like elastic hands and she's a big Avengers fan, specifically Captain Marvel and I uh, the fact that she is a brown girl from Jersey City, and that's all I had to go on. So um, definitely perfect. excited to get into a show about a character I don't know very much about.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the best things about these Marvel series, especially with our last one with Moon Knight. You know, we're getting a, a lot of characters that I think the general public um, aren't as familiar with but should be. Um, Darcy, how about yourself? Who uh, who, and when and where and how did you discover Kamala Khan?
2: Well, uh, she, her uh, first run of comics came out right in the, my big comic collecting heyday in like their early 2010s type thing. Uh, so I had her first run in print because, again, I was always buying up anything new that Marvel was releasing because in my mind, right. you could do no wrong. <laughs> yep. uh, so I, I really only am familiar with that first run, but it is a very quirky, fun teenage romp through superhero, you know, tropes. So it's it's a, a really fun run. And I can tell that they're definitely bringing a lot of that heart to this live action series. So I am looking forward to that aspect.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it, heart is definitely one of the words that I think I've used 19 times while describing <laughs> uh, this show and the, especially this episode. And yes, I I too discovered Kamala Khan from Square Enix's uh, Avengers game. Uh, never finished the game yet. I should go back and do that now that it's, uh, it's all optimized or whatever. But um, that brought me to the 2014 G. Willow Wilson series. And I've now completed that, moved on to the Magnificent Miss Marvel, uh, written by Saladin Ahmed. Uh, and i'm I'm deep in that one, which is fantastic. I love. I love the way that these comics, they retain the the story, um, even though it's switching up it's you know who's who's necessarily running the the series. And so it's very similar to the the show where it's switching up its directors, but the style remains consistent. Um, and, uh, and you'll, you'll definitely get to see that in, in episode two, um, where you'll just be like, this feels like the same thing, even though it's, it is a, a different uh, group of people. And we actually had the opportunity, Justin had the opportunity, um, to actually interview the directors, um, Adil and Bilal, uh, of this episode. And they also directed the final episode as well. Um, yeah. So listen, before we, before we get called to the guidance counselor office or whatever <laughs> that place is called. <laughs> Let's get into this episode. We start off with the Marvel Fanfare, this time to the tune of The weekend's Blinding Lights. Uh, And then we get an incredible animation created by Kamala as she tells the story of Endgame with a little more focus on Captain Marvel uh, and her sudden disappearance. Um, So, friends, what do we think of the stylistic opening brought to us by Sloth Baby Productions? Megan?
1: This gave me major Mitchells versus the Machines vibes and I was all about it. Throughout the entire episode, that feel of Kamala's imagination and creativity coming out in the way that she speaks and lives her life was something that just brought me right back to that Sony animation picture and I loved it. You can tell they were totally inspired by that movie. If they weren't, then somebody out there was. (laughs) was <laughs> um, totally, and I'm I'm here for it. I don't think it's bad taste to take ideas or concepts from that. I think it's incredible, and it's such a fun way to show her age as well. Um, yes, yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Also, coming from an animator standpoint, um, I really really had a lot of fun with that intro.
0: It was it was so cool, and, and in the interview with Adil and Bilal that Justin did, he, they talked about like all the inspirations that that were brought up and they they, they didn't mention Mitchell's vs machines, but they oh. did mention Spider-Verse, uh, sure. which is another yep. Sony project. And they did mention Scott Pilgrim. Uh yeah, okay. and just a, a bunch of, you know, really fantastic, very stylish movies. Um, but Darcy, what did you think of this uh, this fantastic opening? Well, the opening
2: itself does a great job in just kind of introducing us to the character of Kamala because she is just a fangirl at heart. Like in the comics, she yes. was writing Captain Marvel fan fictions. And in this universe, she's very much like us talking about the things she loves on YouTube yeah. and <laughs> sharing it with whoever wants to listen. So it was very real to be like, I, I see myself in her already. This yeah. is great. I can't wait to see where the story goes. So I thought it was Absolutely. a wicked way to just introduce that aspect of her to a right off the bat.
0: As a content creator, as a gamer, I was vibing with this whole thing. Um, you know, the KO when when Thanos gets punched <laughs> was so good. And I was like, okay, like, she's definitely a, a hardcore gamer. Smash Bros. is mentioned in the episode at one point, uh, which is dope, uh, even though Nakia doesn't like it, which whatever, Nakia. Uh, but she's not um, good at it. <laughs> that's right. But I also love, I love the little, like, they're so smart with the writing in this series because... Um, Kamala mentions like, okay, catch, you know, a new episode of my, of whatever this is, I guess her YouTube videos, like drop every Wednesday, which is when the show comes out on Disney And it's just, it's these little meta things that are just so much fun. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of the opening to homecoming. I felt very, yeah. cause he's doing the YouTube thing on, on there. And, uh, I just got to say though, as a fan of podcasts, please, Paul Rudd, please oh create big me little me the podcast please i would, that would be so good absolutely love it yeah so i'd
1: good. listen to every episode
0: um and then the last thing i want to mention here is i mean we sloth baby productions uh if you're a fan of the comic books she doodles little sloth babies all over her 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 book bag and her, her books and her journals and stuff and that's just the name she writes her fan sloth. fiction
2: under too so like oh that okay, is just, okay that's yes. who she is
0: that's her whole thing is sloth yeah. babies um and I also love how the only comments she has on her video are from her two best friends, Bruno giving her a compliment, obviously, and Nikia posting a donation link for charity. <laughs> it's just, if you wanted to know who your group of three friends that we're going to be following are, the show does it in like the first 30 seconds. It was so cool. Loved it.
1: That's awesome.
0: Um, I also wanted to, just before we continue, Blinding Lights, perfect song for the Marvel fanfare because obviously alluding to her power set. But also, did you notice uh, uh, Moon Knight was in the M? Yes. You got Moon Knight in the M.
2: So yeah. cool. Yeah.
0: Fun stuff. They update that stuff really fast.
1: Yeah, every time I watch that fanfare now, I start looking for the newer stuff to see when they implement
0: it. Although I hope they do make one that's a fan fart. That would be, be <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you said. Uh, okay, we're going to keep going here. We're then introduced to her, Ami and Abu, uh, and her brother, Amir. And they share some rather unhelpful advice. Uh, and then we cut to her. You know, she's got the higher, further, faster sunglasses on. And uh, Kamala is with her driving instructor. And she just immediately backs into his car. And I love how she thinks she's in the clear and like nobody saw her, but then her instructor informs her that was that was his car. Um, so <laughs> Kamala has obviously failed her driving test, uh, and I love when Kamala's parents just remount the driving instructor, <laughs> claiming like There's, it's impossible that our daughter could have done anything wrong. Uh, and then immediately in the car, they just give her so much grief the entire time, but in like the most passive way. Um, what did we think of? you know, Kamala's family uh, and sort of getting this introduction to her. And I want to know if you have a story about it. Have you ever failed a driving test?
1: I have never failed. Very lucky. However, when I did take my G2 test uh, or G1, maybe I hit a curb doing a parallel park almost hit the car in front of me, pulling out of that parallel park. But um, I was given a lot of leeway because my driving instructor told the tester that I had been in a class immediately before my test with a woman who Mm -hmm. did not know how to drive, and she ran three stop signs. So he was like, she was under a lot of stress, and that's my fault. Can you just give her her license?
0: (laughs) That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Very cool. Darcy, have you ever failed a driving test?
2: I did actually fail my first G test uh, because mm-hmm. I was driving down Young Street, here where I live, and it's a very busy road during rush hour, which is when I was taking it. And someone came out of a plaza on my right to cut across mm-hmm. two lanes into the turn, the left lane for the next set of lights. Oh, no. And apparently, as a driver, I'm supposed to be able to predict what everyone else on the road is going to do. So Jeez. that reflected poorly on me, and that's I failed at the first one, but... Two months later, I, I passed with flying colors. So. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. I, um, I've also failed my first driving test. Um, I was speeding in a school zone by five, <laughs> oh. over five. Yeah, that's it. Um, and so I failed. Um, but then I learned there's a life hack, at least in Canada. There's a life hack, which is take your test during the winter and go to a place that has ton of snow and let them know that you're not usually from around that area. For me, this was Orillia. And the driving instructor, I think, took it easy on me because he could sense my fear of the snow mountains falling <laughs> on my car from, <laughs> from either side of the road. Uh, and so I was able to pass uh, with with pretty good flying colors there. So um, that's a life hack for, for any of our Canadians listening. Uh, Iman, if you don't have your your license yet, head over to Aurelia or Barry in the winter, I'm north. sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just go north, and I'm sure you'll be able to pass that, uh, that driving test.
1: Yeah, I'll also say, um, I think it was a tip from her dad in the scene previous to her actually being in the car, and I had that tip from myself as a female <laughs> with long hair. Yeah. I was told, make sure you just, like, whip your ponytail a bunch, and that will look <laughs> like you're looking. <laughs> so I did. Well, I had your to put, hair put my hair up for it. my test. So yeah. So I could
2: see my face properly, and it's like, I don't do this normally, but okay, whatever you say. <laughs> That works,
0: yeah, if you' got that long hair. yeah, whip it back um, and forth. Just whip it. Um, <laughs> uh, so and and I, I wanted to mention like her family, and we'll we'll obviously get more into it. So endearing, so immediately <laughs> so charming and fun and lovely. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk a little bit more about them.
2: And again, this first scene already shows you how much they care about their daughter and about their family, how much it means to them to be a unit that is cohesive. And I I just like how, again, they do it so fast to establish what these characters are and what they stand for. And even with the family introductions, you get that same feeling where like, oh, these guys care about each other and and we're going to see that play out through the story. Totally.
1: And none of us can necessarily understand what it's like to be a part of a Pakistani family. However, it still was a family dynamic that was really relatable. So I thought that was really Mm -hmm. fun too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yusuf telling her, to just break all the rules, basically, <laughs> and then and then just like shouting at the driving instructor, being like, "Oh, you probably expected her to stop at all the stop signs." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did." did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's let's keep going here. Uh, we see that Kamala attends Cole's academic high school, uh, where we see her all. Glum walking by everyone, uh, in, you know, in her way, and they're kind of like just ignoring her uh, until Bruno flies in with a blue smooshy informing her uh, that now because she's failed her driving test, he's out 10 bucks, uh, which to Kamala's dismay, he pays to Nakia and the gang uh, then run into Zoe on the stairway. Uh, and she shares an awkward encounter with Kamala, uh, including what felt like a very forced compliment um, <laughs> about, uh, about a necklace. And then Kamala is called into Mr. Wilson's office, uh, where he reminds her she needs to pull herself together and join reality. On their way home from uh, the Circle Q, we see Kamala and Bruno imagining a twist to Kamala's Miss Marvel cosplay, suggesting things like steampunk Miss Marvel, Iron Marvel, Captain Panther, uh, and even a zombie Captain Marvel. So obviously we can see that Kamala and Bruno have incredible imaginations when it comes to their fandoms. I want to know before we continue, what are two Marvel characters that you would want to mash up?
2: Well, I'm going to go first here. And I, I can't take credit for it because Marvel has already done it for me. And it was <laughs> Spider-Man and Moon Knight as the Arachnite. And it is incredible. That's cool. And everything you
0: can imagine from those two characters. It's so good. So can't be beat in my opinion. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Very cool. Meg, do you have an, uh, an idea about a, a mashup?
1: I mean, Spider-Man is one of my favorite Marvel superheroes ever, but I think a really cool mashup would be if Shuri became the new Black Panther, but had Scarlet Witch powers. That would be pretty cool. The Scarlet
2: Panther? That is out there. The Scarlet
0: Panther? Hex
2: magic and Wakanda tech sounds awesome. Yeah. (laughs)
0: My mine does not sound nearly as cool now, no. but uh, I think it's still. I think it would still be really fun. Um, I had the idea of doing uh, combining that is Korg and Hulk and mashing them together. I just think we always see Korg and he's in such like a good, very like very patient and passive mood, and he's so lovely. And so I just want to see him get upset. I want to <laughs> see, him, and I know that's that's basically the thing. Yeah, but, I was going to say, <laughs> but I still think. Korg as like, he's just like, I'm so mad right now. Like he's just, he's just very angry. And he's just like, he's the nicest version of a Hulk that you've ever seen, I think would be really fun.
2: (laughs) Kind of like when Smart Hulk has to act like Raging Hulk. And he's like, oh, roar, smash type thing.
0: (laughs) It would be perfect. Taika, get on it, dude. I want to see it happen. Um, Okay. So, oh, and and the other thing I wanted to mention too, on the school, um, the plaque outside uh, G. Willow Wilson is written in there. And then a, um her counselor's name is also G Wilson. Um mm-hmm. GW Wilson, Gabe Wilson. Uh and then the the on the plaque, there's a bunch of people. I didn't I didn't list them all out, but you can see them in the episode, who are all crucial to the creation of Miss Marvel. Yeah, from uh, pencilers really, really to cool.
2: writers to inkers, everyone who is integral in that original run of She's hers. It's such a nice That's It's so a really cool nod to the the where she came from for sure. I also wanted to say, too, you mentioned the the, the necklace and, and the encounter there. And I thought part of the her name at the end there, the fact that it was slanted, it looked very much like the lightning bolt or the S shape that we'll yep. see later on in her, her costume. So, I just again, the small little things that they like to hint at what's coming and it
0: they keep doing it already. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so then let's get to the next moment here, which is a, actually a big one for the episode. We see Kamala going through a box of junk from Nani. Uh, and she comes across a beautiful bangle that clearly has some sort of history with her mom because we see Muniba. She grabs it away and she says it's just junk uh, and the music swells. And obviously it's the show is trying to say, hey, this is important. Um, so, Darcy, I wanted to kind of um, jump. How do you jump in here? And like this isn't normally how Kamala got her powers in the comic books.
2: No, in the comics she's an inhuman. So like most inhumans, she got her powers when undergoing the Terra Genesis. Uh and this happens when the cloud is spread across the whole world. So across the world these new heroes and her new inhumans are popping up and, and she gains her powers in one of these instances. And as a result, because she idolized Miss Marvel so much, when she came out of her terragenesis, she was a, a stretchier version of Miss Marvel, down to the hair color and, and outfit. And part of her original story was finding out that she can be whatever she wants, as long as what she pictures is the strongest. So I thought that was, was an interesting way to take the powers in a different direction. Uh, again, going more related with the Captain Marvels of the uh, comics. The the Nega bands or the the quantum bands, are very similar to the design of what we have here. So I'm wondering if it is going to still be an extraterrestrial origin for her powers, at least. So... I don't know. It's it's an interesting w- a route to take for sure. They still haven't won me over yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Well, it, to me, obviously, Kamala's uh, lineage is going to be important. We've seen in the trailers uh, that she she does see her, her extended family at some point. Um, and of course, there's a big wedding. Um, but I, I just feel like, you know, we get that line earlier as well where... Her mom comments that, you know, Nani was also a daydreamer and that she comes from a long line of daydreamers. And I'm just wondering if that is going to kind of that word in particular might sort of come up uh, again and, and be important in some way.
2: Uh, totally. I mean, I won't want to get into it right now because later on in the episode, they do start uh, warming up to me
0: with these this new origin. So. OK, OK.
2: Yeah, we'll get to right. that later on. We'll get to it. Sure. We'll get to it. Just
0: just a quick note before we continue though. I did want to address and you know, we here at Geekcentric, we we want to be we want to be very honest and very uh, forthright with our, our the information that we're sharing with our listeners. And we want to, we want to admit when we're wrong. And I was wrong. Uh, I want to admit a mistake that I made during our spoiler-free review that I think Justin had called out, uh, which is that I thought Scott Pilgrim was on the screen that Kamala was watching Upside Down in this episode. Um, it's not. Uh, it's actually an episode of Felicity, which I've never watched. Um, or I don't know if it's a movie or a, a show or whatever. But I swear, if you look at the moment you know, if you look at upside down Carrie Russell, you can easily mistake her for Michael Sarah. I'm just saying. I'm just, she absolutely upside down looks like Michael Sarah, which is I think I, a compliment to Michael Sarah.
2: Totally. I mean, I saw it at first too. So, but it also seemed like maybe she was changing channels. I because that looked way too much like Michael Sarah for me to say it right? wasn't him. <laughs>
0: I swear, I thought it was, but maybe it wasn't. Uh, but let's keep going here. We then get to see a montage of Kamala helping her mom do errands in preparation for Amir's wedding, uh, while Bruno introduces Kamala's dad to the wonderful world of smart speakers. And then we, uh, which is an awesome moment. Um, and then we witness an incredible attempt uh, of you know seeing Kamala trying to convince her parents that she needs to go to AvengerCon, claiming it's a historical event. Uh, they obviously aren't buying it, which causes Kamala to storm off to a room pretty upset uh amir comes in and he says that he'll try to convince them uh and i think it's so endearing when you see amir leaves and you know she tells him you know she's not 12 anymore and yet the moment he closes the door and turns off the light she turns on her nightlight which i just thought was so lovely and cute and every kid i mean i I still sleep with a nightlight sometimes um but um he he. Then speaks to her parents the next morning, and obviously that convincing works, uh, because the next morning her parents come into her room and inform her, yes, she can go to the con, but there are some conditions, uh, which include her dad staying with her for two hours as a chaperone, uh, and that Miss Marvel costume that she's been working with Bruno like all this time for like months, yeah, that's out. And the Hulk is in because we see her mom has fashioned uh, a chowler camise uh, into a Hulk outfit, followed by her dad jumping in the room and roaring like a Hulk, big Hulk and little Hulk. And I was so cute and I loved it. And it just makes it so much more uh, heartbreaking when Kamala says, no, you, you can't come with me. It would be so embarrassing. And that cuts the sound in the room to silence. And we see her mom is horribly upset and her dad just and I, I cry every single time just saying you're not going and just walks out and I was like oh my gosh like I felt so bad um uh, so I don't know about you guys but I I get choked up I literally watched this three times and I still got choked up on the third time <laughs> uh, and what a phenomenal performance by Mohan Kapoor here um as her dad and I love the the foreshadowing uh to her powers as her mom comes in the room and she's in her robe and she's what were you doing she's I was just stretching and I was like, okay, yeah. okay, I see what you did there. Um, but I wanted to to ask you guys what what did you think of this this really upsetting moment?
1: <laughs> oh my god. I think as any kid who's ever been fourteen or sixteen, I guess she is, um, and been embarrassed by your parents, revealing that is always upsetting for them. And whether they show it or not, I think any one of us can relate to this kind of thing. Um, yeah. as a daughter who has a specific kind of relationship with her dad, I also can very much relate to this moment and how hurt he really was. Um, yeah. I love that he was painted green; <laughs> <It> was, just <laughs> so made good. it so much more heartbreaking when he was like legitimately upset and hurt by yeah. the way that she said she'd be embarrassed. So, again, a fantastic scene. I we haven't said it yet, but the the performances of this show are just on par. Like it's all amazing, relatable, but still Marvel, but still like fun and honest. And and so much heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's love it fantastic.
2: I mean, I understand she was embarrassed and stuff like that, but I guess, I mean, I had a, di- a very different relationship with my parents, because if one of my parents said they wanted to come to a con like that with me, I'd be on board 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially because everyone tells me how much they love my dad, so I can only imagine how much they'd
0: love him if he was painted green. And <laughs> acting oh my gosh. hulk,
2: So like That would
0: be... That'd be pretty incredible. I don't know. Recently, we came back from Star Wars Celebration, both Darcy and I. I don't know if he could do all that walking. I don't know if could he. Is he? Is he good at? Yeah.
2: He I mean, he he puts up with it for us whenever we go to the parks and stuff like that. Aww. But I don't think he'd ever step foot into a convention with me. So that, that is <laughs> right. the one difference. He took me to many a concert as a, as a kid, though, and I saw him having a blast there, so... That's awesome. Yeah, it's a bit different for me, but I, again, I, like you guys are saying, such powerful performances. I felt so bad for her parents with the way <sighs> she re- rejected them, but I also understood why she was rejecting them. So, like, Absolutely. they nailed every aspect of that, that scene, and, and again, heartbreaking. You've already said it, but that's it was heartbreaking watching her dad turn around, fighting back tears as <sighs> he's like, you're not going, I, just leave. Yeah.
0: So good. And And I mean, this is her this is her in a way she feels like this is her sort of becoming a, a woman in a way getting to go to this thing on her own uh without her parents um and that's a really big deal for her so i, I definitely get both sides there but yeah oh he's, when he cries <laughs> oh, i'm gonna cry uh all right <laughs> let's before i start crying uh let's keep going here we see bruno picking up a call after applying to Caltech. by the way uh and kamala tells him everything sucks so he tells her to meet her on the roof of the circle queue Kamala questions her ability to become a real hero and save the world. And Bruno wholeheartedly tells her she's Kamala Khan. And if she's going to save the world, she's going to save the world. And then he gives her some dope photon gloves and the two like do like a fake sparring session on the roof. So it's apparent just, you know, obviously how dedicated Kamala is to her fandom. It's apparent how dedicated Bruno is to his best friend, he he really loves her. What what did, what do you think of Kamala and Bruno's relationship so far in this first episode?
1: I don't want it to be romantic. I don't know why, but i I just don't want it to do that again. Like, can we just be? 2022, and can we have uh, guys and girls be friends and not anything more than that? Like, there was that pause that looked like there was a little lean-in and then she gets flustered, and I just... I'm kind of over it, so I hope that that's not the direction this goes. I don't know if it does in the comics at all, or does she have a friend Bruno in the comics?
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I
1: just kind of, like, hope it doesn't go in that direction and he's, like, just her best friend. Um But they their connection as friends and how deeply they do like love each other. I feel that and it's amazing and he supports her wholeheartedly no matter what. Um so I just hope that they don't go in the romantic direction cuz it's not necessary here.
2: Yeah, I mean they they they've totally established how Connected is to her whole family, like her family as a whole, the fact that he set up this whole system for her dad earlier yeah. on, and the the dinner exchange with the mom, like the, she he is as much a part of their family as as uh, like her their daughter is, like there's she's a true family friend. uh But I do have to say, it is a the the romance aspect is a huge part of her comics because it's a teen it. story, and you can't really yeah. go that route without the romance. Yeah. So I I agree with you, it's not necessary, but I can't say that it's not off the books so <laughs> okay. i do i do like that the fact that in this scene in particular you see edison in the background and yes. that along with all these parrot references throughout the series like series so far uh definitely leads me to the fact that they know about the edison clone that lives in a parrot headed man replica <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest it's enemy a clone, of all time it's
0: a clone of thomas edison it's her first it's her first sort of big villain and i I'm wondering if it's a nod to it and not necessarily the actual villain of the series. I, I don't know if they'll get away. I have no that. idea.
2: So many nods know. to it in this one episode though. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, they, they could not be more obvious with this parrot thing.
0: <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved so it. Good. Um, so good. So I, good. I also you know, without spoiling anything from the comics, I will just say it's it's like any high school relationship. Um, It's not perfect So that's all I'll say I'm not going to say anything more than that Um, And there's definitely more to come uh, When it comes to Him almost Dedicating himself a little too much Uh, And we'll get to that Um, But I also wanted To mention that They called them photon gloves Which means Photon is officially In the MCU through this reveal And, And I'm thinking like Monica Rambeau, obviously, they are huge super fans. Like, I don't think the general public might know about Photon, but they definitely would, especially with Kamala's fandom of uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. So I feel like I feel like that's uh, like an official them saying, yes, Photon is in the MCU. And when we see her next, she will be Photon.
2: Well, and knowing Scott Lang, he definitely kept up some sort of communication <laughs> with Jimmy Woo. So who's to say they didn't get them a, he, them on a podcast to talk about the events oh, totally. from they WandaVision? Make like it, all, it makes I sense once you know so there's bad. a podcast run by Scott Lang because that guy will talk to anyone about anything. It seems.
0: <laughs> so good. Oh, my gosh, dude. I would I would listen to the crap out of that. Same. Um, so so then after a master plan montage featuring some incredible bike stunts, Bruno hears uh, that Kamala's plan is to sneak out and take the bus. Um, and so while using uh, they they also use the Zuzu speaker uh, to keep her parents out of the room. Uh, and I just wanted to quickly shout out I love how happy Yusuf was with the Zuzu. <laughs> He was just like, it's magic. It's magic. And then we see him a little bit later on. And like the moment it stops working, he just hates it. He's so <laughs> mad at it. He's like, it's possessed by a djinn. Um it's so, so funny. Accurate. I just he's such a dad. It's so good. Um and then from there, um <clears throat> we we get to see her basically um try to go as far as they can, um, according to their plan, but really nothing. Works out in their favor, but they do finally make it to AvengerCon. So, friends, let's discuss AvengerCon. Obviously, this was a huge moment in the episode, a huge moment for the MCU, a huge moment for Kamala Khan, uh, and probably for Iman Vellani being at this this convention. And I I, I heard a rumor. That Kevin Feige was asked about AvengerCon uh, in in lieu of Star Wars Celebration, uh, and he said it's something that that they've thought of before. So that would be phenomenal, and we'd all have to go and get VIP Absolutely. passes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to discuss, you know, what were some of your favorite Easter eggs, and uh, what were some of the things you noticed during AvengerCon.
2: Off the bat, I got to say, I, I'm surprised to see what they turned the wreckage of Lehigh, Camp Lehigh into, which is just a yes. convention hall now. <laughs> yeah. And also, the first, because this show is so focusing on the light and the way that everything is lit in this in this one episode is so prevalent, I, mean, I feel like it'll probably get carried through the rest of the series. Uh, I totally see why her parents are kind of on the fence about going, because that just made me think of a, like a, a warehouse rave or something
0: like that. Yeah. that totally. Not look like any convention I've ever been to. Well, you have to imagine, like, who's running it? Because it's not Disney. It's not Reed Pop, right? <laughs> like, it's it's what company is doing this? And it's probably, they probably don't have the the correct funding. It is the first one. But I will say, thinking back to it, Reed Pop, their first Star Wars celebration back in the day, if you look up the photos, it looked terrible compared creepy. to what it is now. So maybe, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just getting started. It's the first one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shout out the cartoon artwork that was probably a commission by someone like Megan um, of Captain America with just a huge ass, and it just says, it just says, you're "You're welcome, welcome, America. It's so good. So So many famous
1: quotes, so many famous moments. I love that there was sort of a shrine to uh, Black Widow and Iron Man, Um, just to Mm -hmm. bring us back to that horrible realization. Um, And you know, we would love to see a giant Ant-Man with his hand open that we can sit in for a photo. Disney,
0: Disney, make it happen already. <laughs> what are you doing? I love how the little boat was there as well. Yeah. Uh, sitting in front of him, like literally recreating the scene.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, Avengers Campus, let's just say they couldn't just make a, a big one where it's just spouting quotes around and then, the fingers just twitching as you sit in the hand. It's so Perfect. easy for them to do it. They're masters of animatronics. Just do it, Disney. Dang it. Oh, just yeah. make it. All the cosplay was great yes, too was my, like, say, all the yes. tube cosplays my favorite were like how many tube <laughs> people you could spot because there were more than just the rocket there was like I'm pretty sure I saw an Iron Man and a Captain tube form yep. there oh, was a yeah. like Captain Marvel up on stage too like the,
0: so great all the tube people we also saw um, which like I almost imagine is like is that this world's version of Lego because I don't know if Lego's in the MCU or not yes it um, is if, if Spider-Man is built
2: it? a Death Star with Dead Come oh it
0: totally is it totally is okay alright good thank you for keeping <laughs> me honest uh, you didn't have to write in and I didn't have to correct myself <laughs> next week. Um, I also want all the t-shirts as someone who bought 9,000 t-shirts and made Darcy carry them all at Star Wars. <laughs> I can attest. I want all the t-shirts. Um, there's an Asgard pride shirt that was dope. Uh, another one saying bring the thunder. And then did you see around that area? There's a guy who's signing people up for new Asgard tours, which we know is going to be in Thor love and thunder. So I love that sort of, cool. I love how Pixar, when Pixar puts like little nods to their next movie. In their projects, it's just keep doing that Marvel because that was awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I, I again going just the Ant Man thing with the boat. I love that these technically are historical reenactments. Like, like <laughs> Kamala wasn't lying when she said that, and it's it's really weird to think about it that way. Because like if we went to a, a convention about stuff that happened in our own history, like awful really things, horrible. like that would be really
1: it wouldn't
0: p- be celebrated quite the same way. No. I right. Right, there'd be a lot more murals up, and and I'm some- very see- somber experience. Yeah, and we didn't see Vision. Vision was not on that that mural. Um, nobody cares about Vision, apparently. <laughs> um, so I during Avenger Con. you do okay. So okay, during AvengerCon, some pretty crazy stuff goes down. First off, Zoe is there, which like. Psh- Zoe like she doesn't even like the Avengers like what is she doing here and what's worse is that Zoe is competing against Kamala in the Captain Marvel cosplay contest uh, she goes to get changed but uh, she you know Kamala she, she totally forgets the gloves that Bruno made for her uh, and he says not to worry which like you a little part of my heart just broke for Bruno there. Cause he's like, he spent like, he's wearing a, a, a literally just a lab coat because he <laughs> didn't have time to do his cosplay because he was making her cosplay. And I'm just like, he's so dedicated and so lovely. Uh, but, um, but yes, yeah, so he says, don't worry about it. Just, uh, just get on stage. Um, and <clears throat> she's got the bangle. So she puts that on and immediately she feels the cosmic power surging throughout her. Um, Without anyone noticing, she seems to fall over into another dimension. So let's pause there. Where do we think this dimension was? And I'll leave it up to any of you to, 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 to think about it.
2: This is where I was uh, referencing earlier on, talking about the powers. Uh, with the recent Moon Knight going more into the afterlife of the MCU, and we know that there's a the soul plane in Wakanda that again, we've seen another afterlife for version, and they always seem to have a very purplish hue, so I'm wondering if this is something about her heritage, like you mentioned earlier, where this is the past of her her family, and she's maybe going to be able to interact with some people on this plane at some point, and again, that that takes it in another direction, because again, it's back down to genetics, and it's something part of her heritage, and I can get on board with that, it kind of a new way of almost bringing the inhumans to the screen potentially cuz maybe that is how they were a, a different alien race that settled on earth and evolved through the years so there's definitely potential there for some really cool storytelling so totally on board if it's afterlife related totally
1: i also think it looked a lot like where america chavez came from um, oh, with the okay. sort of plants and purpley hues, I did though. I totally understand where you're coming from, Darcy, because you do see a lot of like heads with eyes. It sort of looks like in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I go to America Chavez it, and thinking like of dimensions and the mirror dimension, the very like prismatic look of her powers coming off of her hand makes me feel mm. dimensiony. I don't know <laughs> dimensiony.
0: No, totally. That's <laughs> I'm a word. Um. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, we've been seeing people online talk about the the dark dimension or the negative zone. Uh, Darcy, I'm on the same plane as you, actually. I totally thought uh, the ancestral plane and especially just with it. Yeah, you you brought it up being brought up in Moon Knight. Um, The show is obviously highlighting her family. It's obviously highlighting her lineage. Um, I think it would just be really cool if like, there wasn't just the the one ancestral plane, but there are many ancestral planes that specifically relate to your family. Um, I just think that would be really lovely and and cool to see. So, um, okay, then... Lastly, Kamala gets on stage and accidentally uses her powers for the first time. This causes her to accidentally knock off Giant Man's head, followed by accidentally causing a giant Mjolnir to swing, uh, lifting Zoe in the air after she's asking her to appear at like parties and like they'll follow each other or whatever. Um, and we see uh, Zoe, you know starting to fall. Um, but then Kamala, she sees her falling, she jumps out, she stretches her cosmic arm and breaks Zoe's fall. Her and Bruno uh, book it back to Kamala's house, really confused about everything that just happened. Uh, Kamala sneaks back into her room at 11-11, uh, by the way, make a wish, um, but she discovers her mom sitting there waiting. Uh, her mom is obviously terribly disappointed in her, and she asks her who she wants to be. Does she want to be good, like the way she raised her to be, or does she want to be this cosmic head in the clouds person kamala falls back on her bed and her hand starts to glow as she whispers to herself cosmic uh so there is an end credit scene uh as well but you know before we get to that um with all the hubbub going on about her powers and and some people liking it some people not i wanted to get your opinions what did you think of this first display uh of her hard light powers is what they're calling it
1: oh interesting i think they're really cool again i'm somebody who has like very little to go off of for kamala so um to bring her into the mcu with a sort of altered skill set is really interesting and like a way to sort of separate from the comics so that we're not um and i think they did this with moon Knight and with a bunch of other newer stories they're sort of diverging from the comics um, and being less comic book accurate so that we can sort Mm -hmm. of form or movie goers and MCU fans specifically can sort of form their own perception and not be able to know exactly what's going to happen and sort of map that kind of stuff out. So I really enjoy it. I think they're really cool. Um, The way that she sort of felt them go up her arm and around her shoulder was a really cool concept. And... I'm excited to see her hone this in and learn about her powers throughout this show. So I'm excited about it.
0: <laughs> totally. I'm I'm gonna jump on the excitement train as well. <laughs> I I'm digging it. I'm really interested to see, you know, speaking of Avengers Campus. I'm dig. I'm really stoked to see how is what technology are the Imagineers gonna use to create this light field around uh, you know Miss Marvel's body. There there is a Miss Marvel now on Avengers Campus. Oh, wow. uh, she debuted uh, today as of this recording, and so um, I think it would be really great. Maybe they use like water or light or something. I don't know how they do it, but I'm I'm really digging it. I think it differentiates her from someone like Reed Richards, um, and it's very possible that we could see these two characters obviously meet one day. Um, and I also just, you know, bringing up the idea of the colored magic, right? We got blue, sort of a bluish magic in this one. Obviously, the space stone drawing its power from space, which I think allows Kamala to create those big, powerful fists. Her um, it pulls it right. Her eyes are all lit up like it just I don't know. I'm, I'm digging it. I think it differentiates it enough. And I they kind of still have the stretchy they kind of still do the stretchy thing. (laughs) To me,
2: it's the fact that she can now affect things that aren't attached to her. Because a lot of her, what would appeal to me in her character skill set, and with the same with Reed Richards and the stretchy powers, is how they can use that to fight Mm -hmm. crime and stuff like that. And how, like, you have to be really big brain to figure out how stretching big can be advantageous in one way, or like shrinking down, because she also had that power as well. She could control Mm -hmm. her entire body at will. So again, this, this, Extra, extraneous ability making platforms to jump around or like to help herself up getting back in the room there that's where it's starting to get a bit too green lantern for me and i oh, again yeah. with the character they've set up being so head in the clouds and imaginative i can almost see it getting too creative for my tastes and especially when she first uses it it just looks like a bunch of purple vomit coming out of her hand <laughs> going yeah, into the totally. cra- what was she thinking there i understand what was going. Back I, I, don't mind think she, I don't think she vomit. was.
0: I don't think she was thinking, and I think that's the idea: was that it was it was messy. She was trying to just shake it off her arm at one point and swinging it around. But I love how everyone in the crowd was just like, "Oh, that was freaking amazing! Holy yeah, crap!" Yeah. Like they're they all just thought it in was and, tech. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, Only in but, a world of
2: Tony Stark would that stuff be part of the oh, show. Like <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they, they believe it. The whole audience mm-hmm. would believe it. Um, I, I think, you know what? I think it's, it's early days. They, they very well could, uh, like, I'd love to see her do a shrinking thing and interact with Ant-Man one day and be, just have him be like, what? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, just like them them talking to each other. She's like, I love your podcast. And she's like, she's <laughs> like but why are you small? Um, so stuff like that, like, I think would be really, really fun. But um, uh, did anyone have, on the powers, anyone, anything else you have to, you know, get off your chest?
2: Not so much the powers, more about the chaos that ensued. Because mm. what was that giant man head made of that it did not stop rolling? I, I'm <laughs> right. I'm sorry, but like, how heavy did something need to be to fall twenty feet and then roll for a hundred and fifty, <laughs> causing so much chaos? And then what was that hammer made out of? Because how come that how come Zoe is not mush or have broken <laughs> yeah. ribs and like ah? Okay, I just yeah. had to get that off my chest because physics is does not exist in this universe apparently.
0: Yeah, paper mache. That's all I'm going to say. I think it was paper mache. They did a really good job with that. It's listen, it's their first con. Okay, give them a break. They don't have. <laughs> they didn't know what to, to make the stuff
2: out of. That would yeah. cause yeah. mass destruction if at all, something goes wrong. Sorry, I yeah. was just could not wrap my head around that when I was watching. <laughs> like that head stopped. How come that head is still going?
1: Yeah. I love how we're totally okay with her crazy prism uh, things shooting <laughs> yeah, out, yes, but a, a giant hammer hitting a real like normal human. We're like, that's not no.
0: That's not. Possible. It's not. She doesn't have powers. I'm sorry. She also the it, the rules she got of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll have to see if they if they do any more crazy. Uh, nonsensical physics uh, in the future <laughs> episodes, uh, but that brings us to our predictions segment for uh, for this series. Um, we're going to talk about you know what we think will be revealed in the future and the ser- the, you know the series and these characters, um, and uh, and we you know we can comment on the the after credit scene as well. Uh, but I'm calling I'm going to be calling this one. This may be a stretch, but. That's that's you you get it like so you have to say that before you say anything you have to start off with so this may be a stretch but okay
2: great Abu joke Uh, okay yeah
0: thank you (laughs) thank you Um, so uh, so let's get into it Uh, who wants to who wants to start stretching
2: well this might be a stretch but. If we're talking about the post credits scene as well, with yeah. them with the DODC finally getting hold of some of the footage that went down there, uh, I definitely think that those gloves with uh, Bruno's corporation name right on the the handle there are definitely going to be traced back to him in some regard, I think. I feel like that's that's Smart. the through line that they've laid from this one episode. That's basically all I could take away from it. Again, unless we're going to get a parrot man Edison by the <laughs> end of the
0: series. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Do you have any stretchy thoughts there, Megan?
1: Well, this may be a bit of a stretch, but I think I saw Mephisto in a locker sticker. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. He was
0: in this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: I have I'm like,
0: now I got to rewatch it.
1: <laughs> zero predictions. I have no idea where this is going to go, and I'm totally yeah. okay with that. Um, I'm just excited to watch it unfold, and I hope there's more animation. I hope there's more creative expression from Kamala's brain. Um, mm-hmm. I hope they do some sort of, like... I guess, the way the murals were forming on the walls as her and Bruno were on their bike ride. I hope there's lots so more of that throughout this show. So I'm excited.
0: Very cool. Um, and I, for me, this may be a stretch, but uh, and this absolutely isn't a stretch. Um, this is Agent <laughs> P. Cleary, um, played by Arian Moyad. Um, he is of the DODC, like you were saying there, Darcy. Uh, and his partner is a new character for the MCU, Agent Sa- uh, Sadie Deaver, um, who's played by Alicia Rayner. Now to my recollection, Kamala has had bouts with the DoDC. Um, there was like a one comic that I read once that was like at the end of one of the G Willow Wilson ones is like a preview of her and Squirrel Girl um, fighting the, the DoDC on like a field trip or something. Um, but I don't think they're necessarily a huge part of her character arc. Um, so I'm really interested to see where they they take this. I feel like with only six episodes for this series. I think a tangible villain makes a lot of sense. So, not a giant <laughs> parrot. Um, but I, I do think, who's named Thomas Edison? Um, but I, I do think that, you know, they will be the ones to bring Kamala to the attention of Carol Danvers. Um, and I think this is going to lead to the Kree and the, the, definitely the Skrulls. And obviously, Secret Wars is coming up. Uh, the Marvels, obviously, we know that. Uh, that we've already seen an interaction with fo- between photon and and uh, um, a scroll, and I think it could be one of them. I think either him or her. I think they they held the camera on him, but I think it might be a bait and switch. It might be her. That's actually an undercover scroll, uh, and and so I'm very intrigued to see how they all sort of play into it but that's my that's my stretchy thought.
2: I 100% agree with you there because again I was already pitching the extraterrestrial earlier and with the Kree being involved in the creation of the Inhumans in the comics it would go to stand that they had some involvement in you know what happened to Kamala's line to see these powers having shown themselves before cuz again the look on his face he's he he looks like he knows a bit more than just oh, we need to bring this person in for questioning. It's like I've seen those powers and I know what they can do. Yeah, type totally. thing. So yeah, definitely. Like I agree with you. Tangible villain would be the Dodc, and it would. It, I'm I'm on board for it.
0: It'll be interesting to see to Dodc what happens <laughs> next. Maybe that should have been. <laughs> no, that's not as good. I like the I like the one I went with. Um, all right. Well, listen. Let's get to our overall thoughts and final score for this episode, uh, which we're going to be giving on a scale of one to five extra large blue smooshies. Um, so Meg, <laughs> we're going to start with yourself. Smooshies are the things that they sell. At the yeah, slushy, smooshy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I I got to start off strong. This was probably my favorite like pilot, quote unquote pilot episode of a Marvel series wow next to WandaVision I was gonna say I was gonna say there's no way (laughs) but I will say the WandaVision premiere sort of left me with like so many questions and I had no idea in a weird way I felt like what this one I was like let's go I was so excited from beginning to end it was just fantastic The colors in this show, the lighting, the performances, the animation, of course. Um, I got to give this a 4.5 out of 5 Uh,
0: extra Extra large 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 blue 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 smooshies. smooshies. (laughs) (laughs) There we Um, go.
1: (laughs) It's amazing, and I don't see it going downhill from here, so I'm excited.
2: Very
0: cool. Very cool. Darcy.
2: Well, I, I love the episode. I love where they went with it. I mean, part of me throughout the episode was saying, just get your powers already. Just get your powers. Because I know there's going to be, like the next episode is going to be, to me, a very slow but fun chog of her figuring out how to use these things. And I that, that upsets me in that we're not going to get a very... Good look at the villain going forward or like the big conflict in the show until later on but with what they've done so far it's going to be an enjoyable ride nonetheless like again you were saying the, the way it looks with the way they used light and then the animation and the music everything about the show like most Marvel shows is so well thought out and you can really see that they drew a lot of inspiration from the comics when they were creating the story so uh, definitely a solid 4 out of 5 extra large blue smooshies for me because I am excited to see where this series goes despite how I know it will be slow to, to pick up off the ground.
0: Very cool. Um, Megan, I think this is my favorite pilot episode that uh, our Marvel live action on Disney Plus has ever given us. Okay. I, I absolutely <laughs> adored this show right from the start. And uh, I'm going to be kind of repeating a little bit of what I, I mentioned on our spoiler-free um, review. But overall, the future of the MCU is focusing on young heroes. that, And the coolest thing is that they've grown up and lived in the world that we've seen progress over the last 14 years. And so it's just so much fun to to follow a younger hero in this world. And this show shows how much fun it can really be, how much style it can have, and, and just kind of you know, the fact that they can still have so much style infused into what is essentially the longest running cinematic universe to date. Um, we say it almost every time, but this is fresh. This is new. It's exciting. Um, and then heart. Just it, it has so much heart. And I just I keep thinking of the moment with the green paint on his face. I'm so sad. <laughs> Don't cry. Um, you can tell that everyone behind this project is so invested in it and i can't wait to see where they take it next um i I think the episode does so much in in such a short period of time without feeling too expository it it does the right things it gives you the right music cues the right camera angles just to sort of you know fly and flow through the episode and iman velani is perfect she's perfect in this role um and and honestly so is everyone else in this cast i think Again, the visual style, the music, the overall execution of translating these characters to the MCU, um, bringing them to an even wider audience and showcasing a culture that really needs to be showcased more often. Uh, this episode slaps, dude. And I'm, I'm, I've got the fact that Adil and Bilal directed this episode and the finale. Just, I'm, I, I, listen, I'm in a knock on wood. I'm just, I'm hoping that that means that the. The curse of the finale for these series, as it often happens, uh, hopefully is lifted uh, if they can if they can give us another episode like this, because this episode got five out of five extra large blue smooshies from me. I really, wow. really love this this episode. Um, OK, well, listen, before we wrap, uh, Darcy, I know you don't have too much to promo on here. Obviously, we're going to have you on future everything yeah I just promo you guys if, if I promote anything so <laughs> there we go keep listening to the podcast you're listening to uh, and you'll hear Darcy on it sometimes um, and uh, of course uh, Megan of Megan Clara Draws can you tell the lovely listeners where they can see your incredible art and learn more about what you do
1: absolutely so I am a character designer and prop designer in the animation industry right now um, but you can find my artwork on Instagram at MeganClaraDraws and you can also find me drawing live on Twitch at MeganClaraDraws and I'm currently uh, hosting some pride themed commissions they are also Pokemon trainer card commissions so, so cool um, if you're interested in donating to an amazing cause and also getting a really cool custom Pokemon trainer with a partner. Uh, just send me a message.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to see Darcy with like a weed themed Sprigatito, <laughs> yeah. Sprigatito. Sprigatito.
2: Oh, I love Sprigatito. He is the, the stoner's Pokemon, obviously. It's <laughs> <That's>
0: perfect. <laughs> Um, that would be fantastic Of course We're going to have all the links For that stuff uh, In the show notes So go check out Megan's Instagram Go check out her Twitch It's awesome to see your process live While you draw um, It's so chill It's just very chillaxing And uh, and very fun And so if you ever just want to like and, and you know what There was a, the other night I didn't I should have said hi I didn't say hi I should always okay. say hi But I uh, I, uh, I just had you on the TV And I was just building Legos and I was just like, "Hey, you do, you drawing over there, and I'm building Legos over here." And I I didn't feel lonely. And That's the vibe.
1: Stuff. I'm totally fine with no chatting, just yeah. cool music yeah. and
0: we're just calm here. drawing. It was so good. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of our well, our first episode of Watch Club for Marvel's Miss Marvel. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, you can stretch out your fingers uh, and reach us by email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or over on Twitter at geekcentricyt and on Instagram at... At we are geek centric. Um, which speaking of Instagram, we have a stellar giveaway that goes to infinity and beyond because we partnered with Disney Studios Canada yet again um, to to give away uh, some tickets. If your space station is located in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, you have the chance to see Lightyear early on June fifteenth with three other space rangers. Just make sure you follow us, comment. Um, with your city, and tag three members of your crew for a chance to win four tickets. Uh, remember, that's you know you got to follow us on Instagram, comment on the post that has Buzz Lightyear on it, and tag three of your friends that you'd love to, to maybe bring with you. Uh, this giveaway closes on June 13th. You can see it early on June 15th. Uh, and for anyone who can't defeat Zerg on level 12 and doesn't win the giveaway, well, Lightyear is in theaters on June 17th. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent spoiler free review for Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1, and we also, as I mentioned a million times, we have our interview up right now with Justin uh, interviewing the directors of this very episode, Adil and Bilal, Um, and it just got, they got so hyped up. They just, it's such a fun interview. You got to check it out. They're so, like, amped uh, to be doing this, Um, and keep in mind, we also, oh, I just said that, Uh, and... (laughs) And lastly, uh, we have our weekly this week in Geek episodes, where we you know break down the latest trailers and news every single Wednesday, uh, with our latest episode um, out recently, where Darcy and I share our experiences from this year's Star Wars celebration live from Anaheim, uh, and we give out you know kind of our overall thoughts of all the different trailers and footage and some footage we talk about hasn't even been seen by the general public yet. So definitely go give that episode a listen if you want to learn about some really cool stuff that we got to see early. Darcy, it was such a blast and I'm so happy you had that VIP pass so I could sneak in. It was so good. And next year, you're buying your own, my friend. Uh, Yes, absolutely. 100%. He was was on pins and needles whenever I would sort of steal his pass to go to the bathroom. Because
2: then I was sitting in a spot I wasn't allowed to be in. And I was like, I paid for this, though.
0: (laughs) 100%. Uh, So I will be definitely getting a VIP pass next year. Um, Well, that is it. Go give those episodes a listen and a five-star review, if you don't mind. Megan, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say... Cosmic. Cosmic.